Hello, Rob. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing, buddy? Pretty good, man. It's another day in uh in the paradise, quarantine yeah. city. <laughs> quarantine paradise. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, we got a special show today. Okay, it's it's a special edition of Rocker Mike and Rob presents, and today we're gonna present Rob. Rob, Holy shit! God damn Rob, it! It's, a, it's you, motherfucker! It's, you. it's about time, <laughs> damn it! <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody knows you, Rob. Okay, and you know you're very well liked, well respected downtown. Uh, I don't know why you're a fucking scumbag, but I just figured you know be nice here. I'm just kidding. Um, we're gonna talk about a little bit of what makes you tick. How's that sound? Yeah, that sounds good, man. So uh, how are we gonna do this? How you want to work this? Well, I just got about 10 questions, and we'll talk a little bit about each one. Some of them will be softball questions, and some will make you uh, – we're going to have to pick your brain a little bit. We're going to take, right. take you down memory lane a little bit. And Holy shit. A long time ago and all the old back-in-the-day stuff, you know? Yeah, man. Let's go. Let's, let's do this. All right. Now, you grew up in Hell's Kitchen, right, in the 80s? Yeah. Uh, no, actually, I grew up – I was born in – um. December 15, 1972, in Hell's Kitchen, a um, hospital called St. Clair Hospital, which now is like a nursing home. Right. So there's still a bunch of people dying in there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, you you, you know, you were born in the kitchen. You grew up in the kitchen. And, you know, know, back in the day, I mean, for people that aren't from New York and you're listening, you know, back in the day, that was a, a tough neighborhood. Uh, it was traditionally Irish and then it became Hispanic and a few other, you know, races involved in that. Um, you must've seen some outrageous stuff in your childhood, right? Gross. Yeah. Cause, um, yeah, as a kid, man, that, that, you know what, uh, pretty much uh hell's kitchen was where you got all your, um, frutos, like all your, uh, fresh fruit, your uh, meat, your, um, Right, your fish like they had a bunch of butchers. They had a bunch of like like fruit stand. It was very different than what we have today. Like today, it's like yeah. a restaurant and very watered down. You had your fucking saloon and yep. you had your people that ran the neighborhood and people that were like, okay, just don't fuck with these guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you had the, the, the Westies were a big prominent force. Back it wasn't even always the Westie. It was like you had your you had your fraction. Like you had the, some Italians yeah. down there. You. Sure. You had some Puerto Rican gangster that they were like, they were like the fucking coke. It was fucking weird, dude. I'm telling yeah. you, there was like a weird shit going there. I was a little mix of everybody all, you know, packed in there good. But, and the pimps. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I can remember. <laughs> I, I, well, because you were, you know, a hop, skip and a jump from Times Square. So there was always a lot of, you know, pimp and hooker activity there. And then it carried over into the into Hell's Kitchen on the West Side. Oh, my God. What, I remember... What, what would be, if you could name like one or two of the most like outrageous shit you ever saw as a kid in that neighborhood? What would it be? I I think the I I saw some fucking dude stabbed in the head and walk away. Stabbed in the head? Yeah, some there was some fight and some guy came from behind and and it was right in front of my fucking building. Like I was standing in front of my building. Yeah. You know, with some other kid, I think his name was like Keefe or whatever, and we were out there hanging out. Yeah, like we were talking shit, right? And um, some guys started fighting. The next thing we see, this guy took out this fucking knife and just stabbed the dude right on top of the head. Did they and, penetrate? 
the ship was in his head. Like, it, the knife was in his head. And once the dude got stabbed, he fucking beat the shit out of the dude that stabbed him and walked away. And I'm like, motherfucker, do you see that? And the guy just walked away. I don't know if the oh guy lived God. or died, but the guy, he, the guy that did it, yes. <laughs> got a royal fucking punishment. Because I, I think he might have killed the guy. Yes. And the cops came. And again, back in the days, the cops came. Nobody knew what the hell happened. I didn't see anything. Of course, yeah, <laughs> that exactly. was, oh, yeah, yeah. That was pretty much the, the, the M.O. Who did it? I have no idea. Oh, I know there was some kind of bro, and I don't even know who was fighting because I was, I was too busy trying to save my own life. And yeah. Fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, one movie I always think of is uh, that took place in the in Hell's Kitchen a little bit was what? Sleepers, right? You remember that oh, movie? Oh, yeah, Sleepers, yeah. Yeah, now, did you know any of those people or? Of, nah, those, of, of those people or any of them? Nah, that, that that's probably based on there was so many stories and there was like so many um weird shit with the Catholic Church and the Irish and yeah, you know what? There were there was kids even back then there was kids getting molested by the fucking let me tell you, I was an altar boy and I never got touched. I can tell you that for sure. Not only yeah. that, I fucking got fired as an altar boy for fucking sneaking and drinking the wine and shit. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you? Oh man, I must have been like eleven years old. And me, and me and my buddy Raul sneaked into the thing, dude. Let's take some of this fucking wine. I was drinking the wine. Oh man! And there was a funeral going on, and they were like, "What the fuck? What are you guys doing? <laughs> oh shit! We, we were supposed to work the funeral. No, you're not. <laughs> now you you went to Catholic school, right? Yeah. Okay, like you're all what first twelve years or like I went what, I went to school? Catholic school into I got to um. High school by sophomore, I was done with Catholic school. I went to public school after that. Okay, like first like ten years or so, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, were you a good student? Yeah, I was all right. I, you know what? I did the thing to pass. I wasn't like a A plus, but I also wasn't a C. I did enough to pass. Like I got. I will. I will. I will fake it. Right. Right. Okay. Now everybody knows you from bartending. You've been doing that for about twenty five years, right? Oh yeah. What did you do before that? I done all kind of fucking crazy job. I worked at a pizzeria for five years, and to really? find out it was a little something more than a pizzeria. Uh oh, what was it like, PizzaGate? <laughs> it wasn't PizzaGate. It wasn't that, but it was. Um, I was uh, working for. I was delivering pizza for this guy that he would deliver a bunch of pies for. Um, right. The fashion industry, and I would go every day. I would go to you know. I would work. I would go like I would go to school. I would get off like at three thirty. I would go home, eat something quick, and then I would go to the uh, pizzeria and I worked from three to eight o'clock. About how old were you when you were doing this? I was eleven, twelve years old. Oh, okay. And um, I would um, the guy used to tell, "Hey, um, can you deliver some pizza?" It was all in the fashion. That was all the fashion industry, and the pizza parlor was located on thirty. Um, is on nine five three thirty seven thirty eight. It was a it was a great pizzeria, um, really good pizza, reasonable price. Like, I think back then, like a dollar fifty, you would get two slices and a coke sure. compared to what you get today. Oh, forget it. You know, yeah. so I remember doing deliveries in the in a fashion. Like, I went to Jordas, I went to Levi's, and I just remember delivering all these pies. And these guys, like, I was like, damn, man. How much can this be? And I was getting like these envelopes. I was getting envelopes, and then I was getting tip at top of the envelopes. Yeah, 
And the tips I was getting were a lot more than the money I was making per hour. I think I was making like two something an hour. Right. And I'm like, damn, what the fuck? So I'm 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 just doing the thing, doing the thing, doing the thing. And um <laughs> I remember when I say, What the fuck? And I, I opened one of the pizza. Yeah. What oh, was it? it wasn't pizza. I'm sure it wasn't. It was not pizza. So I was like, fuck yeah. that. I put everything apart. I just kept delivery and but it might have been like it might have been like white pizza, right? That's yeah, it was it was the it was the special uh it was the sugar boogie. I got you. So um yeah, so I went delivering that. I did um I did I did that for like five years and to the point that on Sunday I would open up the place and make pizza from uh, twelve to twelve to five. Wow. The guy would leave me the dough, I would just beat the dough, put the sauce, put the cheese, and flip, pretty did, much that's did, what I did. Did little, did little Rob Rossi flip it up in the air and make like a you know the pizza. No, I, w- I wasn't doing that <laughs> shit. I just stretched it out and put it up there. Fuck that, flipping it. The other Italian kids well, you were doing that. Italian. You probably could do it. <laughs> oh, it, it was, it was, it was fun. It was fun doing that. Yeah. What we like on Sunday, you mostly got everybody that went to church will come in, and you know what, and they will eat the slices and stuff like that. And right. some people take pies to home. It was, you know, it's comfort food. Yeah, sure. But, but at the point, I remember I was making so much money that. The guy goes, how come you're not catching your checks? My checks are like for $28. I'm making like two, three hundred a week. Yeah. What the hell? It's, it's too much, it's too much of an effort to go catch. <laughs> yeah, so finally I had to put it because the guy was busting my balls. So I did that. And it was funny. Back then you used to have to have working paper. I, I never really that. I really never went. I didn't get working papers until I was probably like fucking 15 years old. Yeah, yeah. You, you remember to, that you yeah, had to you used go? to get them when you were 12, I think. But do you remember the procedure they used to do yeah. to you? They, a lot of questions, right? Yeah, they would grab your balls and squeeze and say, call. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a physical, <laughs> too. You had to get a physical, yeah. Do what the fuck that was anymore? that about? Do, do they even do that to kids anymore? Like a, a working patients? I don't even know. Dude, I don't think they do it the way they did it to us. <laughs> I don't even think kids work anymore at that age. Yeah, no, I don't. But I, I remember you had to get your working paper, and it was like a big deal. Even, um... You remember driver's ed? Oh yeah. I fucking had I, I I got my license very young and I got into a fucking car accident that destroyed like six, seven cars. That's the last time I ever drove again. Oh, how old were you when that happened? I was like 17 years old. Got my license. Yeah. And um I remember we went to some party, we got fucked up, and I drove everybody home. Yeah. And then finally, I'm like on my, I'm like I'm, I'm like on my block. I'm, I'm parking the car. I said, "Man, I can't believe I made it." Oh, and what happened? Parking the car, I passed out. Oh. When I walk up, it's like three cops. Like, dude, how you doing? Hey, I'm all right, officer. I'm thinking everything's okay. Then I looked at the damage. Like seven cars were fucking destroyed. I like bump into every single what, what'd you like, car. What'd you like pass out in reverse and like hit the I, car? I, 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 the I, yeah, I, it must have been. I just passed out. Oh I think the, just the comfort of just being home, I think. Yeah. That's what they mostly say. If an accident's gonna happen, it's gonna close happen to near, Yeah, close to home. And pretty much I must have been like, Oh my god, I can't believe I just made it and yeah. boom, man. And I had to go to fucking AA as I, I'm, I'm fucking 17 to put me AA. They wanted to rest my ass. Oh, it was brutal. Well, they could have took your license away to you at 21 or something, too, at that point. Oh, I just I just gave it up. I said, I ain't yeah. driving again. The yeah. driving for me is not an option. I get too fucked up. Yeah, if you're going to do that, you, you definitely shouldn't be driving. You know, so yeah. that's pretty much, as a kid, that's what pretty <laughs> much I got. I was, 
I would get fucked up, man. Even young, I remember getting forties and standing by a payphone. It's crazy, man. Yeah, I mean, back when I was like seventeen, eighteen, we used to just like get forties and get fucked up, like in Washington Square Park and stuff like that, and you know, wherever <laughs> wherever we could like hang out, you know, and not get hassled because they didn't know they didn't the cops didn't give a shit back then, you know. Oh yeah, let me tell you, they did not give two shits about anything, man. Let me tell you, you'd be like. 14 years old, walking around with a bottle of Cisco or nitrate. <laughs> you want to talk about hangovers? <laughs> Mad Dog 2020 grape. <laughs> That's brutal. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, it was awful. That, Night Train, Thunderbird, I drank all that shit. Man. Thunderbird, oh, my God. You know what? I, I, you're telling me that, and I feel like puking right now. It just brings back so many bad memories. One other thing I used to drink a lot, because I used to get two bottles for $3, was Boone's Farm Wine. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, Strawberry Hill, two two wow two bottles with, and they you know the motherfuckers you can still get that in the liquor store. Oh, oh yeah, and I ha- yeah, and I have not drank it in like, geez, probably close to thirty years. It's just nasty, dude. Do you remember Cisco? Yes, dude, that shit was bum juice. Oh, oh yeah, well, absolutely, it was cheap, you know, and uh, but you get a headache off that man. The worst thing was in the morning. Forget it. Oh my god, yeah. Dude, what was in it? I didn't you would drink a little bit, it would totally fucking fuck you up. I remember drinking that one time and getting so dizzy. It wasn't even drunk. It was just like uh you know, just totally out of it. And then in the morning it felt like a marching band was in my brain. <laughs> yeah, I did. The, I did the Cisco thing a couple of times. Oh my god, that was there was also remember when the um when they had the um, Beastie Boy came out with Brass Monkey. There was the yeah. drink Brass Monkey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another. That was crap too. You would drink that shit. Holy mother of I god! I don't know if I ever tried it. I remember people having it. I don't know if I. Oh, it was I, crap, man. Yeah, it was fucking to, crap. Had to be. Now, you, 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 I remember mm-hmm. you mentioned one time we were talking. You had a job at Webster Hall. Oh, yeah. I, I Actually, what happened was when it was the Ritz and it switched over, I was yeah. the only person they kept. I was a busboy oh. there. Yeah, because they got rid of everybody when it switched to Webster Yeah, Hall. but I was working. like when, when that happened, like they switched it over. I just got the job. And when the new management came, they talked to me. So, oh, we're going to clean it up. And you want to come back, you, you reapply for the job. So when I came, I reapplied for the job. I didn't even get an interview. The guy just said, oh, can you come work this day and that day? And I got my buddy Chris. And, um, and you know, we, we, we started being busboys in Webster Hall. But we were busboys in um, in uh, the Ritz in the finals days, you know, before yeah. the close it became Webster Hall. So we did a few concerts there. Then we got the, um, then we got the um, thing for... Um, to go to Webster Hall, and I brought the guy that I used to work with, and me and him used to man like we. There were like four or five bars there. We had to go up and down the stairs, and and um, I just remember, man, it was crazy times to the point sure. that, dude, let me tell you, we were making so much money in tips. Like I, I think our check was like hundred and fifty a week, but we were making like four or five hundred a night. And that this was is like in the fucking ninety, ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine. Crazy. Yep, yep. It's a lot of money then. Damn. And I was living at that time. I was I, once I got the job in Webster Hall. I went to fucking um. We got an apartment like not that far. Like go uh, we. I live. I live like on Ninth Street. I live like on Seventh Street. Um, we got the apartment in in um Seventh Street that we stayed there. The rent was like two hundred and twenty five bucks. 
Is that when uh, you left Hell's Kitchen around that time? And came yeah, I would, I, yeah, because I was living, because I pretty, I pretty much, I was living with, at that time, I was living with this, I, I, dude, I left the house when I was already like 16, 17. I was already living with a girl back then. Wow. And the girl used to pretty much, like I told somebody, I didn't start really paying rent, rent until I was 28 years old. I was living with women from women to women. And they were paying for you. And they were paying. They were paying the rent and everything. Like, I would pay for a meal, but I would live with them. Like, And it was weird. Some of them lived with the parents. It was such a different time. It was what, crazy. What, what was your secret, Rob? You must be, you must have a, you know, some, some secret, man. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to know. <laughs> I, say, it's, it's, I always told somebody, I'm like a mutant. I can talk, I can talk your pants off. <laughs> you got a good line of shit. Oh man, and it's like it was funny, but every girl, you know what? When I when I worked at West, I used to get them in for free. You know, I had like yeah. a little guest list, get a bunch of people for free. Uh-huh. And then there, I'm then there, I started doing a bunch of other shit. I used to go like I used to go to Bar None and get all fucked up before I even went to West to hold a work. So right. I would already be half in the bag, and then you get there to work. By the time you got there, you went up and up those fucking floor flights and stairs. You were fine. You were sober. Oh, yeah, definitely. You, you and you're carrying like out. two, three cases of beer. And you're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> it was brutal, man. Yeah, no, I, I, God, I was in there a million times when it was the Ritz. And I remember how the bus boys busted their asses. Yeah. Yeah, you can see it, you know. And the, um, you know what? Back then, dude, the drinks were expensive back then. It wasn't like it's cheap either. No, it wasn't. I mean, it was, it was, I forget the prices, but it was expensive for back then. Yeah, dude, I think they were getting, like, the, back then, they were getting $7 for Heineken's. Think about that. Yeah. Right, right. And and the mixed drink was something like $8 to $9. And I was, Yeah, now it's not much more, but still, it's it's more now. But Oh, now it's much more. What are, what are they think, getting there now for a mixed drink? I haven't been in there I think for time. a mixed drink, they get anywhere between 12 to 15 bucks, and depending on the beer, it's between 8 to $10. That's crazy. That's crazy. They make all their money with that. Yeah, because you know what? They, they, they think about it. The ticket price, the tickets probably mostly goes to the band. Uh huh. And then probably, probably they'll probably. I, I can't see them giving them a position. A, a only if you're a big band. I can't see somebody getting a percentage of the alcohol. No, right? You, no, no. You never would. Uh, usually, in smaller clubs, sometimes if if nobody drinks, that's bad for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're bringing yeah. people, like, sometimes they'll say club owners, will, like, in small clubs, like, if you're just, you know, like, the continental type place, you know, back then, yeah. you know, like, nobody drank. Oh, well, you know, can't pay you the whole thing we said. Nobody was drinking. Yeah. That's crazy. It used to, that used to happen. Yeah, but in content, you know what, continental is a little different. If you oh, yeah. brought a very big band there and you brought a crowd in, they will give you, like, a good 10% of the, of the bar. Yeah, I mean, back in the day... You know, one band that used to always pack it out was like the Waldos, okay? Yeah. And uh, on a Friday or Saturday night, it was always packed, and and those guys made money. You know, that's why they were kind of like regulars there. But but uh, uh, even with Joey Ramon used to go Joey there Ramon have his yeah. have his weird little 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 like percents or whatever. Yeah. Dude, you will go there, and you know what? It wasn't like it was expensive. The beers there were like four or five bucks. Oh, I remember going. To- and it was, I never thought it was expensive. I would get like, a, when I would go to the continent, I would pay whatever. Sometimes the cover price was $3. Sometimes the cover price was 5 bucks. Yeah. And you got, you saw a good show and you drank a few beers. You know, I, you, you can't go to those shows and not have a drink. It's like crazy. Let, let me ask you, what, you know, in that time, say 
you know, early nineties, mid nineties, where did you frequent? What, what bars downtown did you frequent? Like around that time, I went a lot to, there was a place called the looking glass. I used to go Mm -hmm. to a lot. Mm -hmm. I used to go a lot to, um, um, bar none was another one. Right. Um, there was another, um, did you you ever go there when it was space at chase or just bar none? I went when it was Chase. I probably went there or even passed by there because they used to have bands. But there was always chaotic there. It was always it was. like a weird. It was always like packed. It was always like chaos to get in yeah. there. Yeah, I remember. And sometimes, and sometimes when they had a good band, the place you couldn't even get in there. It was sold out. Yeah. Um. The the other place uh used to go a few times to like downtown Baru. Went uh-huh. to the original. The original one. Yep. Into uh, original went to the original like international. You know, there were places uh-huh. like that. Um, um, what about home, the, the, old homes, the old homestead. Um, yeah. The village idiot was more on the west side, but I went to the original village idiot, which was a 10th Street also, and yeah. that was good too because it was there was a time that the downtown Baruga and the village idiot were right next to each other. I remember that. I was and you around were, you went from one bar to another bar, yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. you would get fucked up, man. Every and, time and, I um, used to go to, uh, every time I went to downtown Beirut. Okay, it was like something would happen and we'd end up in the village idiot. Something like because we'd be like, fuck, it, it's crazy in here in Beirut. So let's go there. Let's go to the other. Place. You know what was the problem with t- downtown Beirut? So on one side of the bar, you had all the cops. On the other side, you had all the crooks that they yep. arrested. Were like, <laughs> yep, sometimes yep. they would just get into fight. It was insane. Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Another thing, a lot of people don't know this. Um, fucking. Before Coyote Ugly was Coyote Ugly, that space was a gay bar. I, I don't remember. I'm not sure. Yeah, really? I don't, Dude, that yeah. place was a gay bar that went out of business. <laughs> yeah. And next to Coyote Ugly, there used to be the Slider Burger place. Uh-huh, uh-huh. They used to make little Slider Burgers. It was fucking yep. great. You would go there and just get a bunch of fucking burgers. It, it was, was like White it, Castles. Like little yeah, white. it was fantastic. Um. And Strabordi was really good back in the day. Strabordi oh, yeah. used to have a line. It's not like what it is now, but you used to go to Strabordi, you would have to wait online when they no, first, you I, know? I know, I know. And it was uh, always a line, and, and everybody ate there. Mm-hmm. That, like those pitches in Stromboli of, of the Beastie Boys that they still have up, that's just like commonplace back then. Do you see anybody? I remember one time running into like Marky Ramon, right? On yeah. One time. You know? I, I mean, these guys, that was the institution, man. People yeah. will go there. You know what? You got They had the best pizza. It was almost like, Mike, you remember uh, Ray's Pizza on 11th Street and 6th uh-huh. Avenue? Yeah. The pizza, you know what you want to talk about? That's the only pizza that sometimes was so thick you had to eat it with a knife and fork. Uh, yeah, I remember being like particularly thick. Yeah. Dude, if you asked for extra cheese, you were a fucking retard because the shit was bigger than your mouth. I know. You couldn't bite into it. I do remember that. Wow. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you, Rob. That is the big question. How did you get into bartending? So uh, I was a bar back in the beginning. I was helping out at Rudy's Bar. Oh, okay. At Rudy's. Yeah. So what happened was somebody got sick one day and they told me, come and bartend. And I got up there and I bartend for the day. The guy that mostly bartender was like ringing in two, three hundred bucks. I go in there and I ring a thousand dollars back to back. And the owner told the guy, you're fired. This guy's you." Oh, my God. Wow. And it was like and I worked there. Then pretty much I just got tired. And, and then after from there, I went to the Ritz to work at the Ritz. And that's pretty much what happened. You bartended at the Ritz? 
No, I was a barback at the Ritz. Oh, barback. You were barback. Yeah. Okay, so but how did you start like doing bartending regularly? Then then um then then you know what then then I then I would do it like on a weekend. I would work in random bars just filled in and stuff like that. Cause I had like a regular job, you know, like I was working at Tommy Hilfiger. I was working so I got I had so many random jobs that you'd be like, holy shit, like yeah. you know, there's some jobs I won't go into because shit shit got fucking crazy, but you know what? It was just working. Like I worked in Tommy Hilfiger for a while. I worked in um, I worked at MTV for a while. I did a really? bunch of yeah. What you do at MTV? In MTV, I worked at Night T for a little bit. Okay. Right, and this is like very when like it first started. Like I would, and um, the worst job they ever gave me. I had a chaperone, Red Man and Meta Man. And I didn't even know who these motherfuckers were, <laughs> and they got me so fucked up. Oh man, what did you get? High. Dude, they, they were smoking some shit, and it was yeah. like shit I never smoked. They were just smoking, and my whole job was to keep these idiots sober. No, yeah, couldn't do it. They were drinking booze. They had booze. They, we we went to a point that we got in a limo. We went to Club Envy, which I don't even know, and I we mean, got fucked I up. That. Yeah. I I just remember dropping. They dropping me off on Avenue Eight and Ninth Street, and I just fell out of the fucking limo. I just fell out of the limo. I was oh, on the wow. streets, man. I was that fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, you know, you've been doing bartending pretty much, you know, in the bar business for twenty five years, right? More or less. Yeah, I'm going to tell you a funny story. You know what's the first drink I had to make? Go ahead. What was it? Never made a drink. Didn't know how to make a drink. Somebody walks in. Can I get a margarita? Oh. And I looked at the motherfucker. I gave him a shout out to Kita and a Corona. I said, there's your fucking margarita. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy, the guy just say, nothing. That's it. <laughs> he took it? He just took it. <laughs> he just took it. Anytime you come in, can, can I get He would tell people, this guy makes the best margarita. And I would just put a shot of the Corona. And the guy was like, yeah. He loved it. And people oh, would man. look at him like, what the fuck? That's not a margarita. Don't tell him that's not a margarita. Don't get him mad. It's just, it's just a bunch of Mexican shit thrown together. Oh, it was funny. No, I would just put the, a shot of Corona in a... Yeah. I mean, a Corona beer and a shot. A margarita. And, shot yeah. Yeah. and then finally, I learned how to make drinks and started reading books and stuff. I didn't go to a school. Like, well, oh, bartender school. Bar, bartender school is yeah. a crap of shit. It is. It's bullshit. You got to learn on the job. You know what's funny, Mike? And I'm going to give you a little example. You remember yeah. in... Remember back like uh, around 2000 before the crash. Remember how many lounge used to be around? Yeah, like they were all expensive lounge. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, and then the crash of 2000, and they came. What happened to all those lounge? They were gone. What happened to dive bars? Gone. Well, they they got bigger, right? No, they got bigger. What do you think is going to happen after this pandemic? You think people are going to go out and get these fancy cocktails with this mixology just paying $22, these expensive? No, No, it's going to be a different mentality. Guess what? The dive bars are coming back. Dive bars are coming back. I'm going to do a whole, like, um, Eric wants me to do, like, a little, like, a guest blog on his thing. I'm going to write about how I think it's the end of fucking um, cocktail bar and it's the the, the comeback of dive bar because people are going to be looking for a bargain, especially... Think about it. People that didn't work, that they still want to drink. Yeah, they're going to yeah. find the best price. Best price. And, and people and people that are going to open bars are not going to go for like the real fancy, expensive shit at first. They're not going to put that money out. No, 
No. They're gonna, yeah, you know what? I didn't even think about that. You, I think you're right. I think you're right. I could see some of those expensive places just not coming back. Oh, and dive bars taking their places. I can see that. Dude, look at these fancy places like that place, Lucky Stripe. Like um, yeah. another place, like look at Paris. Paris Cafe that got fucking expensive as shit. Guess what? Yeah. Paris is gone. Guess what? Jeremy's still going to be around the corner. Yeah, Jeremy's right. And Jeremy's a much, it's cheaper and it's a much better atmosphere, you know? Yeah, it's like a regular, regular crowd. You yeah, know? like, like you get it, yeah. Paris was there a long time. Paris, I think, I think what well, I think the history, I think Paris was there 147 years. Something like that, yeah. You know, and check this out. The, the mentality, the, I mean, the way people buy, the way people are going to go out. You know what? A lot of people think it's going to be back to normal right away. People are going to no. know. Dude, some people are going to be mentally fucked up out of this shit. Oh, yeah. And, they already are. And, and dude. I, lo- I love the way that the Russians, three people got three people in the medical field, jumped out the window. <laughs> I didn't hear about that. <laughs> Look at the Russians, three Russians that were, the med- were fighting the pandemic, in, they still jump out the in, window. In Russia. In Russia. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm going to look that up later. <laughs> <laughs> think, think about when three people jumped out of the same window, they're getting helped. Wow. Now, you know, since you've been doing bartending for so long, Okay, now you must have, you know, come across all different kinds of people. I know. Okay, just in one day on a shift with you when I'm hanging out, it's, you know, 50 different kinds of people. Oh, yeah. But, you know, what what's the thing that, you know, you love the most right now about bartending? And what's the thing you hate the most about it? I'm going to tell you one quick story that I right now before. So I, I don't know if I used to work in a place called Cheap Shots in the East Village. Yes. Right. It was uh it's what it's known now as a uh, Big B Saloon, but I worked at yeah. uh Cheap Shots, right? right? And I never forget that there was this customer I had this regular called Chris Lynch. Okay. Chris Lynch used to bring his kid Frankie all the time into the bar. He was and I used to get told, dude, you gotta get your kid out of here. You can't have your kid here and drink. And he would drink like six, seven Jameson. Uh-huh. One day some dude runs in with a gun, say this is a hold up. Yeah, I pulled the gun out of the guy's hand, took it apart, and put it on the fucking bar. And wow. Chris fucking peed his pants. Right, just like his fucking pants. <laughs> the fucking guy that I took the gun and took it apart. Was the kid there too? He, the, the, his kid was there. The kid was oh in the back. God. Didn't even know what happened. Wow. And, and um, and I took the gun of the guys, and and the guy just looked at me. Oh shit. Yeah. And I, here's the gun back. Learn how to use it, you guys. So next time, make sure you got bullets. <laughs> and I was like, holy <laughs> shit. I mean, were you like behind the bar? I was behind the bar, yeah. And the guy just, I said, what the fuck? I just grabbed it. Yeah. The guy was so well, shocked. Nobody expects that. The nobody guy was so shocked. That. Yeah, he was so shocked. He was like, holy shit. Yeah, he had no bullets in it? He had no bullets. Yeah. I no, didn't know that no, at the I, time, but fuck no, it. you wouldn't know that, yeah. Wow. Just grab this because I saw the way he was holding. I was like, fuck this, boom. Fuck you. This was in the middle of the day. It it was like probably four it was like probably like four PM. Wow. Damn. Just before happy hour. Yeah, yeah. Well he wasn't too bright. Nah, that, guy was, that, I, that guy must have been like a junkie or some kid that was yeah, a little desperate or whatever the hell the situation, but he was very yeah. stupid. He's like but, he's like he didn't get beat up. <laughs> yeah. 
Wow. What is what? What do you love the most about bartending, though? You know what I like about bar. I always like when like, like um, like when people from other state come, like people from like let's say like visitor from Atlanta, or visitor from New Orleans, or visitor people from yeah. they come to New York, and they come into the bar to look at around the bar, look at skeptic, like especially tonight, yeah. look skeptic and shit, like yeah. there's some shit going out here. And, like and, and then, or, or when some people from Europe come in, and the first yeah. thing I, I call somebody a motherfucker, they look in the face like, oh my God, <laughs> this is an old school bar. This is an old school bar. <laughs> Why they hear, once they hear me curse somebody out. <laughs> yep, yep. I've seen you do stuff like that. That's funny. Motherfucker. Blah, blah, blah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they love it. The tourists do. The tourists love that shit. Well, what's the what's the biggest biggest thing that you hate? I, or the big pain in the ass? What I is- hate this new way, cheap fucking asshole customer. Yeah, like the no tip. The no tip and no action, and they they want you to give them the world, and and they're like, oh no 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 no. The other dude and I and and I hate and I hate this and I hate to call this out, but this there's like a few black customers that they're the worst too. Well, that's a stereotype you hear about a lot. And, and, it's, and it's not even a fucking, oh, um, can I get a drink with no ice? All right. You know you're only going to get an ounce pour. They think they're getting more. They think we're ripping it apart. Right. Oh, can I get a Long Island iced tea and make it? It's like, holy shit. And this dude, well, they, and I hate to it, say, I hate to stereotype yeah. it, but there's a lot of them that do that shit. I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with you people? Yeah, I've I've heard that in in you know people that are waiters or waitresses and stuff. Yeah, you get that. You hear about between that, that and but, the kids, it's like, dude, what the fuck are you people think? You, and, and this is my this is my theory. If you don't have enough money to fucking buy, don't go in. Well, one one time, uh, I won't say who it was, but one of your coworkers at at International, okay, behind the bar, said that, uh, you know, they they got into it with. A customer that was basically it was a group of young kids, early twenties, and they they told the bartender. Well, they, the bartender overheard them saying, "Why do we have to tip? You know, we you know it's a stupid habit started by our grandparents. Why do we have to do that?" Okay, and if you're bartending and you hear that, you know what are you going to say? You can't eighty six them, you know. But I mean, I ain't I ain't waiting on them very quickly, right? Definitely. Yeah. You would take your time, but these, some of these kids, they, they do. They have no common sense. You know what? You want to get good service? You want to get that? And then they don't realize because, you know what? The other thing that the problem is, a lot of places mm-hmm. think we're making like $15 an hour. If you're a small bar, you're only making like $8, $8 an hour or whatever, you know? So right, people count right. on the tips. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, you're not making money hourly, very hey. little. Everything is. And then think about the money that comes out out of your taxes after you get the tips. And especially a lot of these kids don't have cash, so you're getting your tips on the credit card. Guess, it's a record. Guess what? Now you're paying taxes on that tip. Right. Because there's a record. Yeah, there's a record of it. That's, that's the other thing. You know, do you want money? No, you got to. The fucking bar's not going to take all the money. You get They're going to they figure out the way they, you know, they got to make their money. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It's true. It's it's got to be a, a pain in the ass. But now, the next question I kind of had is is kind of you touched on it just now. But like the biggest difference between bartending when you started and bartending now is it just 
the kids, the way they don't tip and don't know how to act, or is there other stuff? You know what it is? Back in the days, bartending was very lucrative. Like, you know what? You were bartending. Like, let me tell you, between 98 to um, 2008, dude, on, on a good shift, you can make close to a fucking thousand dollars. Yeah. And sure. tipping, these guys do. These and, guys. And a lot of cash. A lot of cash. A lot of cash. And, and uh, no, but you had guys that worked in like Wall Street or stuff like that. Those guys would come out. Guess what? They go in there. Let me get a few scotch. They didn't care how much it oh, costs. Yeah. And you know what? You, Getting top shelf yeah, stuff. Yeah, top shelf. You will rent. You, let me tell you, on a fucking good shift, on a day shift, you win two to three thousand dollars. You know what? And that was the average. And that was just one bartender. Imagine you had a bar with four or five bartenders. You know what? And most bars can pay the rent in a week. Now, now it's not the same, man. Like, you know what? You get, you still get yeah. big days like that, but you don't get not every day like that. Like you have like a Monday might be like a two, three, four, five hundred dollar day. Now it's not like it used sure. to be like, sure. let me tell you, you went sure. there on a Monday. Everybody was happy to be back. Got all the guys who go, they didn't want to go see the wives and, you know what? They would sit there and they'll spend a bunch of money. It was a totally different from now on. Like, like, like I went from making like a thousand dollars, like fucking, like make, like let's say on, on a good week, I would make close to almost four thousand bucks. Damn! And one and week. now it's down that you make close to a thousand dollars is a good week. Well. I mean that's that's good too, but not no. I what do it was a totally different industry, and those guys were yeah. tipping. Not only that, I always have the luxury when when I bartend. The first thing I do, I would get the hottest girl to work with me. Sure, that's always the way. And we yeah. would share the tips, so and we were making a ton of money. I, I, I yeah, you I would tell her, I'll make tell. the drinks. You just talk to them. You just keep them here because these yep. guys are going to talk to exactly. you. Exactly. Right. It's all you know, game. but the mentality so, now is different, man. Now, if you want a bartender, you at least gotta have one gay bartender, one hot girl, yeah. and then a guy that down the middle that's like fuck both of these. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It's, I mean, you gotta, you gotta, I guess, cater to everybody because there's so many different. There's kinds so of many people. kind of people, man. You, it's fucking, dude. It's weird, man. The industry is so yeah. weird. Like it's a totally different industry. And now, also, look, look, look how fucking crazy the thing is. You got all these salsa now. Remember there was that vodka craze where they had Pinnacle had like yeah. 150 yeah. different kind of vodka. Fla- flavor different. Now it's what the, the like the. Now it's like the stuff. white claw. Everybody got a salsa. Corona yeah. got a salsa. But light got a yeah. salsa. You got white curl. You got hot salsa. You got oh my god! It's like what the fuck, man. Yeah, well, bar none is like that. They got tons of different vodkas. In yeah, there, right? but we're getting rid of it. Yeah. Like the first, that's one. If it doesn't, does it sell anymore? Or are they just? It's not as it sell, but we've been selling it. Like you know what, we're selling it at like three dollars a shot. I just gotta get rid of it. Just to get rid of it, you know. Yeah. There's one or two of those that are actually pretty good. Like the 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 one mm-hmm. with the jalapeno vodka is pretty good, and the habanero yeah, that's good for like a bloody mary. Yeah. You make a bloody mary out of that. It's like holy with shit, that. yeah. Yeah, whole different thing. Yeah, I've never had a Bloody Mary, but I've had, uh, you know, taste of that stuff. Yeah, it's pretty good. Now, now let me ask you: you you have worked in several bars. You've been involved with several yeah. bars. I remember Boss Tweeds, Cheap Shots. Uh, you know, International, obviously. I worked at on. the Barney Stone also downtown. Which which the one down like by the Wall one Street? all the way down by by Trinity Street. Yeah, I worked there right, too. Right. I used to do the day shift. I did the day shift. I did day shift there for a few years, and then used to do Sunday nights, Sunday Sunday days. 
Now, you know, one thing with you is is you've developed a way of of fixing bars. Uh, you know, you have that reputation. Okay, so you know, given your talent with that, or maybe other talent you have with running bars, what do you feel is like your biggest accomplishment or like kind of proudest moment in bartending? I think being in Ball Street for as long as I was, it was a bar that was so many. I had so many different managers and stuff like that. We were able to still make money. And then it's proven once I left, what happened to that place? Right. It was gone. Gone. Yeah. And now, now it's a sushi yeah, no, place. And it's a chicken place now. <laughs> a chicken place. Oh, yeah. Chicken. Right, right, right. It was, it was a Japanese Yeah, it was. The Japanese failed. And then, but. Think, think about that. And it's like, you know, Jebby, I always find a way to um, innovate myself or change. Like, you know what? It's the bar business. Everybody got a bar. You know you know what? The way the bar business works, let's say you got like, I could go to um, 7B. I could go to Doc Holiday. I could go to this bar. That bar B is $3. That bar B is $4, whatever. But at the end of the day, people come where they feel comfortable. They, people come with they know they're going to see other people there and people come, they don't care spending the extra dollars as long as, you know, they know they're going to have a good time. They're going to have fun. They go there and and they, and they'll do it. You know, my, my, my thing is my kind of litmus test for bars. And I, I, I hang out in a lot of the same places you do is I look for cool bartenders. I don't really, you know, if they're good looking or whatever, it doesn't matter to me that much, but like, you know, uh, good ju- good music, a good jukebox. Yeah. Okay. And if you don't have a jukebox, just be playing good music. You know, like uh, you know, like the Hard Swallow, they usually have like you know a few good mixes going yeah. on in there. Uh, but like, and even at even at Ibar, you know, the, if the jukebox is off or for a while when it was broken for a while, Molly always has. Good yeah, the same thing. Like Seven B got uh, a great jukebox. Seven B always did, and and if you like country music, you know, Doc's yeah, got a great and, jukebox. You know. That's to me, and then uh, you know you want to have that that good social, you know, interaction. And like Docs is good for that, Eyebar is good for that. You know that kind of like just everybody getting along, or you know, not always getting along, but yeah. always, you know, at least at least we all like can talk. It's not everybody. Some bars you go into, everybody's just sitting there on their phones. Yeah. You know, I, I won't stay in a ball like that. But, no. you know, the guys that come see me, they're a special kind of crew because we go in there, we talk some oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> no, and, and that's why, you know, that's how me and you yeah. became friends right away. It was like we became fast friends because I'm like that, too. You know, we all just like to talk a lot of shit and get, get you know, get everybody pissed off. And whatever, but it's, <laughs> it's always funny. People ask me, how do you meet Mike? He came to do a job. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll tell that quick. One day I just, you know, I work for Verizon. I'm a repairman. And one day I just got a job at, it was Coal Yard. It wasn't, it wasn't yeah. international then. The international was still down the street, but it was Coal Yard. And, and, you know, I came in and you said you were having problem with a line and you, you know, and I went in the backyard, I did what I had to do. And then you had that little problem with the stuff yeah. inside. And, you know, me and you just uh, started talking. I stuck around and I started yeah. coming in there. I had been in there before. I don't remember yeah. you. I'm, I, can't, I can't remember who it was, but I'd been in there a few times before, but I was not a regular. And I remember you from Boss Tweets, yeah. too, because I used to go there a little bit, but, but you know, not always. Yeah, I was there. in Boss Tweets for a long time. Even um, <coughs> Black Anthony was. Were you, were you back in you, back in like 2003, 2004? That's probably when I came in. 
Yeah, because I remember always going in there to play air hockey. That was yeah. Like that that's the while. first thing I brought in was the air hockey. Yeah, and I, I I do remember you from back then a couple of times, but we didn't yeah, really. Yeah, but talk, all those you know? guys like DJ Jose, all those guys like Nick, yeah. John Kelly, all those guys are from Ball Street, you know. And um, yeah, yeah it's yeah. fun. So I met you, and I said, "Hey, you want a Guinness?" I said, "I can't give you any, but I can give you a few Guinnesses." <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, and you, I got a nice buzz, and I, I went home, and I was telling my wife, I was like, "Hey, I think I got a new place I'm gonna hang yeah. out," you know. You know, all right. So I got just a, a couple more questions, and and these next two are just going to be softball little questions. What's your favorite band of all time, Rob? Because we do the music show, the rock show. What's your favorite? I got to tell you, man. To me, one of my favorite band of all time, and this is going to sound very corny, okay. right? And I hate to admit this, and you're going to shit on me for this. You got shit on me for this. It's bad. <laughs> okay. It's bad. All right. Duran Duran. <laughs> really? Uh, I, Are you kidding I, me? I love, I love that hungry like a wolf. Like... No, no, you know, I, I listen. When I was, when I was, when they were big in the 80s, my little sister was a Durani. Okay, a little Durani. They used to call them Durannies. And I used to make fun of her all the time. But as years went on, just you listen to some of their songs and they're like good pop songs. You know, I don't mind hearing like Hungry Like the Wolf or Rio or something like that. You know what I mean? Girls on film, you know. But really, so your favorite band of all time is the Dude, there's something about that band and you will go to the concert and the girls flashing and the shit that will go on. It was like, holy shit. I mean, I can understand why you never told you me. You know, but it was like, but they, they have but, real, you know, now we like have a wolf. Let me tell you, you I, I love that shit. It's like poppy, corny. Now, now you know, we're going to have to do a rock show. You're going to have to do the whole yeah, show. Um, one of the guys, John Taylor was one of the guys. Yeah, and, um, I remember. He did a show in uh, Webster Hall. And I said, damn, man, I remember I saw you, blah, blah, blah. And, and he go, hey, kid, do you have any cocaine? Yes, I do. <laughs> Dude, oh, I man. I told you my Anthony Bourdain story, right? Uh yes. Do you want I'll to tell you, so again? years ago I was in um it was uh Bellevue and I'm hanging out. The bar the, the bar, bar Bellevue. Go, Jesse Mel. Yeah, and then um that thing turned into a weird place called Why Not, and then it turned into Blue Ruhr. But when it was Why Not, I'm in there one day, and I'm and 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 I'm fucking go to the bathroom. I hear somebody doing some bro, and I go, "Holy shit, yeah, Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, kid, what about it? What are you doing? I got some bro. Will you like some? Yeah, why not? So we did a fucking bunch of cocaine, and we bought each other beers. Years later, I see the guy. In in, yeah. in in courtyard, right? And um, yeah, yeah. I, I I saw him go to the bathroom. I get up. I say, Anthony, let me return the favor. And we did a fucking bunch of bro. And then we winded up in that underground um, sake bar decimal. Yeah, and yeah. We drank a bunch of shit and we got fucked up and we had a fucking great time, man. He he was a he was a dude. Crazy that guy dude, was a man. party he, animal, man. Yeah, he was. He was. He only calmed down like in the late. Yeah, later on, he was pretty much relaxed. He wasn't doing that much shit. Like, uh, probably what he was doing, no, he still would get high. 
but not, not out, out of hand. hand. But back, he that guy was crazy, man. And and I hanged out with him twice, and it was great. You know, cool. Now I now I asked you your favorite band. You said yeah. Duran Duran. What's your favorite movie of all time? Man, I I still gotta go. I, I love Goodfellas. Between Godfather yeah, and Goodfellas, I, I agree. I always say Goodfellas. I, I, I love agree. that movie. You know that it's just the whole thing with Henry Hill and the way um, yep, the way that guy played that character Ray Liotta. He was fucking great. Ray Liotta, yeah, he was, and 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 just the way the to- the story was told, it was to me about as accurate as you could ever make a gangster. Yeah, that- you, know? you know the Godfather is great. But like, I really don't think these people like sit around kissing. Their yeah, ring, you know, you know what, what I mean? the other movie I always loved too, which um, got but uh, Pulp Fiction is an, another favorite of my movie. I oh, love yeah. that shit. That to me, I thought that was a I'm great a, movie. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely one of the you know greatest movies of all time, Pulp Fiction. You know, but sure. um, God, there's something about Goodfellas, man. That whole, and it's funny yeah. how you notice what came back, Karen. If your if your wife's a total idiot, your girlfriend's an idiot, you call yeah, her Karen. The Karen. That's that's the new thing, yeah. If your wife's a pain in the ass, I can't the believe camera. they brought that shit back. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that's that's funny, man. That is. Funny. Have you seen? Okay, so I got a final yeah. question. Okay, and and you might have to think about this one a little bit, Mr. Rossi. Where do you see yourself in ten years? Hopefully, um, being the uh, podcast mogul with the Lumped Up Group, <laughs> doing yeah. everything yeah. entertainment for months for months. The YouTube channel, putting TV shows, running bands, music, whatever we can do, right. touch on everything. That's what I. That's what I. That's ultimately what I would like to take the whole podcast and the whole um, um, lumped up, uh, getting lumped up entertainment. You know, we we want to be a total network. Hopefully, somehow we'll build some relationship, some getting some commercial, yep. get some money. You know, maybe even move from Anchor, move to a different platform, get a little bit more um, recognition and get more people. You know, anything you start, you got to start from the bottom. And I think a lot of people forget that you got to put the work in it before you can actually start seeing something. It could take a few years, like a band. It takes a year before you actually earn the rewards, you know? Yeah. I mean, I the way I I look at it is, is, you know, I've got a few more just a couple more years left in the phone company and I want something to do yeah. after. And you, you know, you've been, you've been talking about bartending and how you've been doing it for so long. You yeah. want to do something else. Yeah. And you know, it, 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 and me and you are great together. You and John are great together. And uh, you know, we, we, we got, you know, we might have a few more personalities. Coming yeah, definitely. Tonight. We definitely, and, there's and, always uh, moves. Like if anybody has any show idea or something, I'm not, you know what, the more, the more stuff you can put on, that you can put like six, seven shows a week. You know what? People, you always got something new. Be Oh, why don't you listen to the podcast? I got something different every day. Right. And then, you know, you never know. The more out there, the more people see it. And it could just be the right person. And that's what we've been trying to do. And, you know, we've been we've been having fun with it. It's it's work. It's not easy Dude, all the time. Think about it's it. Time. We started with 60, 50 people listening. Now we're getting like. Well, like most of our shows are getting five hundred five hundred uh downloads a week. Yeah, on the sometimes podcast, more, you know? right? And then and then yeah, the the, yeah. the YouTube is weird because YouTube the the thing I know somebody tell me watch how long people uh how long they watch your channel like view we get a few quick view but we also got a lot of show that people watch so 
on the thing, on the thing, there's people that have watched our show. Like we got like something like almost ten thousand minutes that people have watched what we have. Yeah, right. Which is right, crazy. Right. It, it is. It is. It's a little hard to figure out, but it, the numbers. Yeah, and then we had we had you know. shows that hit thirteen. 1300 1100 you know i just don't know i don't know what what the magic is i have no idea yeah and then you'll also look at yeah. where okay the iran saudi arabia, <laughs> the saudi arabia and iran number i was like what the fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. those yeah. those those uh what's it called those infantile we gotta get them get them up top infidel infidel infidel, infidel. they yeah. probably got picture of us with big giant rewards <laughs> All right. Well, okay, Rob, listen, I really, you know, this is great. We got to pick your brain yep. a little bit. And, uh, you know, everyone knows you and, and they might have known some of these things, but I'm sure we all learned a little something about you today. Especially the Duran yeah. Duran. I'm going to get shit on. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna call you later and break the balls about that. You know, between Duran Duran. Nah, between cool. between Duran cool. Duran and um, I was into that agenda, Duran Duran, David Bowie. You know what? Um, well, that's different. That's that's different. As long as you didn't say, "Oh uh-huh. no, I was shit." But nah, <laughs> you know what? To me, like Duran Duran, David Bowie, even Niggy Pop, those were all guys that I that I would listen to because I thought they were great bands. Yeah. You know, uh, but like like funny. The funny thing is, the first album I ever got, the first two albums I ever bought with my own money was um Michael Jackson Off the Wall and uh Man at Work Cargo. Man at work cargo. Yeah, and I would, and, and then Duran Duran. I was like, I even had the Prince. I do. My dad even let me buy the Purple Rain album. I had the Purple Rain album where it first came out, with yeah, with that beautiful cool. cover and him on the bike. And then you will open up on the bike. And you see Apollonia. Yep. It was like, holy shit! Yeah, this is not for kids. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't. Yeah, hottie. Yeah. So, all right, Rob. So. Thanks for doing this, and we learned a lot about you. And it's an honor to be working with you all the time. Yep. And uh, I guess uh, we'll be back soon with another rock show coming up. Uh, I forget where we're I up think to. It'd be like we're eight. on seventy-two, and uh, we'll be doing um, um, cheap tricks. So I read it. I, yeah. You know what? I was listening. To, I was surprised. Some of the songs, you know what? I forgot that we're in like the little hardcore metal there for a little bit. Yeah, I mean they they they've changed their sound a little yeah. bit over the years. You know, they've always had the ballads, but then uh, they got the hard rocking ones too. The early yeah, so great. that should be a good show because we're gonna have a lot of information yeah. on it. Yeah, I'm gonna be writing that show up real soon, and we'll probably do that on Sunday. But we're talking the future. By the time you put this up, you know. That's that'll be uh, you're not going to hold on to this show, right? Uh, this up. might go up either tomorrow or it might go either tonight or tomorrow. Yeah. So we're already into uh, what would, what was the last week in May? What What's the next rock show? It's going up. On um, um, good question. I think all, th- all things must. All I things think must it's pass. I think it's George Harrison. All things must pass. I think so too. I think so too. Yeah, that, was that one's one. good. So that's coming up this um this weekend, and um and we're okay. probably gonna do about conspiracy from um that out of the shadows. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We got to talk about that. Maybe I like that you day. broke the pizza. <laughs> oh yeah. Had to talk about that. So where can we find you? Uh, Instagram, Facebook, um, 
on Twitter, anything lumped up. Uh, my email is uh, Robert Rossi at gettinglumpedup.com. And that's where you can send me all your question and information. And also, um, um, what's it called? Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're getting lumped up. We got some great videos and pictures yep. and uh, a lot of interesting stuff going on the YouTube channel. And you can find me. I'm on Facebook under my name, Michael Baker, or you could find me on Instagram, RockerMike212, and on Twitter, RockerMike3. Okay, Rob, so it's good talking to you. You too, brother. What do we say at the end of every show? Don't get drunk. Don't get lumped Have up. a good one.